All right, on this episode of In the Loop, I'm here with Abby. Hi. All right, so three things we want to talk about tonight is a, a TV show that we just love called Bar Rescue. We're also going to talk about um, pumpkin beer and just our general obsession with pumpkin right now. We talked about it like a couple episodes ago, mm-hmm. but uh, we've uh, really taken it to the next level now. Yeah, I think it started with the pumpkin spice lattes. It did. But we'll get there. First things first, though, this show Bar Rescue, which I'm surprised we haven't talked about because it started up in the middle of the summer. Uh, season one ended just a couple of weeks ago, but the reruns keep popping up on the DVR, and I think that's a sign that we're supposed to talk about it. Last year, more than 5,000 failing bars nationwide closed their doors for good. If things don't change soon, the chicken bone in Framingham, Massachusetts will become just another statistic. So I always like to talk about what channels what on cable, and this show is on Spike TV, making it the only thing on Spike TV I watch. The host's name is John Taffer, and I think he's described as a world-renowned bar and restaurant expert. Yeah, he's a well, bar and nightclub expert. Okay. And the whole point of the episode is they find bars that are on the brink of going out of business, and what this consultant does is he comes in and he basically analyzes what's wrong with your bar and prescribes uh, what you need to do to fix it. And uh, at the end, they do a remodel. Um, but it's really cool because it like, you know, there's more to having a bar than just having stools, a bar, some beer and some uh, spirits. Running a bar is not just a business. It's a science. From the height of the stools to where your eyes fall first on a menu. No one knows more about bar science than John Taffer. I don't embrace excuses. I embrace solutions. Over the last 36 years, John has transformed hundreds of failing bars worldwide. I believe that you could do this. Using his proven methods and no-nonsense approach. Do something about it! John will turn these money pits... Clean the place out. ...into money makers. I feel like, um, you know, it's a formula because it's a reality show, but I don't think his advice was that formulaic. I felt like... He drew on different things because there are actually some bars that had a lot of clientele. Their problem was not that they weren't getting enough butts in the seats. Lots of bars had that problem. But I thought it was interesting where some of them, like, they were doing a ton of business. They had a lot of clients, but they weren't breaking a profit and they didn't know why. And he would figure out that their taps were bad so they were losing like 70 percent of their kegs or their menus were way too big so they had too much inventory in the back that was going bad and they were never making it through all of the food they were ordering in this data driven world we live in Mm -hmm. all of everything about running a bar can be uh boiled down to data there's always a couple moments in every episode where he would bust out some numbers um whether like it was one of the bars towards the end had the regulars. I forget what he called it, like the old boys club or something, but it was the regulars. And they were really intimidating for new customers and they weren't very welcoming. And so he had this breakdown where I think it was supposed to be, you had to have what, 20% new business or 30% new business to be successful. Um, But there was always, there was always something about the way the bar was configured. You needed the flow to keep people there longer. Your wait times on the plates, you know, shouldn't be more than like 12 to 15 minutes. It was very data driven. That and what really makes the show like worth watching, because all of that sounds pretty, pretty interesting in a sort of like PBS kind of way. 
but what really takes the 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 show up is the ho or not the host but the main guy john taffer the consultant because he is a freaking awesome dynamic hard ass character yeah he was totally badass he's big he's tall he didn't take crap from anybody um and there's usually at least one person per episode who's giving crap, whether it's the owner or the general manager who has sort of let things slide when the owner wasn't looking. There's always somebody who he was fighting with. Uh, this, is your, this is your bar. You're the one who's supposed to know it's that bad, not me. I'm here cleaning up your mess. The consequences are your kitchen is closed tonight. I just think that's bull. I am not going to get people sick. You let it happen. I'm fixing it. That's bull. That's fine. That's not bull. That's what the reality of it. You let it happen. That's bull. But yeah, he was a t- he was a very entertaining character. So switching from bars, we'll go to beer. And a couple months ago, or at the beginning of September, we had just cracked open our first pumpkin beer of the season. Mm-hmm. Now we have probably consumed eight different types of pumpkin <laughs> beer. So which one do you like the best? Well, I think the first one we had was like a an dogfish head pumpkin ale. Yes. And that was really good. The one we were just drinking this weekend, the Blue Point Pumpkin Ale, I thought was pretty good. I thought it was not to not to bash on companies, but Shock Tops was way too sweet. Blue Moons was kind of forgettable. Yeah, it's kind of bland. Yeah, you could barely taste any pumpkin in it. Um, I think it's that, um, I like the Dogfish Head. I mean, that one was like... It was uh, kind of, you could taste spices. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was really delicious. In fact, next time we go back down to the uh, liquor store, I want to get that one again. It was expensive. Well, you know. Well, well relative to the the less delicious ones. <laughs> they should, They sh- it's like $12. They should charge 24 for how good it is. <laughs> I mean, geez. But I'll take you up on that. No, I know. Um, but another one I liked, too, I think it was like Shipyard or something like that. And that one tasted like drinking pumpkin pie. Yeah. And there's the one I got in Pittsburgh when we were up there a couple weekends ago, where it was, I think it was River Point or something was the bar we were at, and they, oh, and they yeah. had their own beer, <laughs> and so we've been told about this beer where if you order the River Point, I think it was called River Point anyway, if you ordered their pumpkin ale, they um, rim the glass like a margarita glass, but they do cinnamon and sugar, and. Then they put the pumpkin ale in that. So it is it is more like pumpkin pie, like a dessert. It was good, though. I mean, the cinnamon, I feel like, is at least as much spicy as it is sweet. So it wasn't overly sweet or anything. I thought that was a pretty good one. So what happened Friday night when we went to the uh, really, really divey Irish bar yeah, over by Union Station? Kelly's Irish Times, which every time I think of Kelly's Irish Times, I think about, have you ever looked at text from last night? <laughs> I believe uh, our friend Sarah showed me a text from last night where a girl said, um, I puked at Kelly's Irish Times last night, but I puked in a garbage can because I'm a lady. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, the floor is really sticky, and I had no idea it was such a college scene. I mean, it was it's just an ultimate dive bar. But I've been really on this pumpkin beer kick, so I asked the bartender if they had any seasonal beers on tap. Um, that didn't go over well. I mean, it was, like, packed. It was super busy. I mean, you're supposed to order, like, Yingling. You're supposed to order PBR. Yeah. And Abby walks up, and she's like, um, what are your seasonal beers on tap? Can I, <laughs> I, knew, I knew I was not going to get a positive answer, but I thought I had to at least try, because maybe they have 
Blue Moon, Pumpkin, or maybe they have like Sam Adams Oktoberfest. I mean, that wouldn't be a crazy thing for even a dive bar to have, but I got a dirty look. Yeah. Well, um, he would not give you a dirty look if he tried some of your pumpkin brittle. <laughs> nice segue, baby. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we've had lots of successful pumpkin-based uh, adventures this weekend, including the pumpkin beers. I bought a couple small pumpkins and tried to make a pumpkin souffle where you actually dig out the pumpkins and roast them and then put the souffle in the pumpkins. Um, that was the least... The souffle itself was good. It was delicious. But the Thank you. But the pumpkin part where it was supposed to be the container, that fell apart. Um, and then I used the seeds from those pumpkins and made pumpkin brittle, which I've never made a brittle before, and I thought that was going to be really hard, and it actually wasn't. And I thought it was delicious. I'm usually not into sweets if it's not chocolate, but I feel like... It's seasonal, and while we have it, we might as well. I know Cindy would mock me because this is pumpkin has more than saturated the market, but um, but it's good and I like it. So I kind of want to try everything. I know it's going to go away by Thanksgiving; it'll be gone. So pumpkins, not just for carving or smashing. <laughs>